I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my Survivor friends. This is Chris, your host here. And what follows is an interview I did for a podcast called Living the Dream with Curveball. And it's a shortish 17 minutes or so. I'll include it here in its entirety, the the whole show. Curtis was nice enough to send me the, the MP3 for that. And again, this is one of a series of interviews and other content that I'm producing during our break between Seasons 2 and 3. Keep you guys interested. Keep uh, the podcast feed fresh. If you have no interest in this type of content, feel free to skip forward to the next season. I will attempt here to clearly identify these types of shows in the title so you can sort them out quickly if you choose to do so. So before I play this, let me give you a little inside baseball on interviewing and this interview in particular. The interviewer is a guy named Curtis, and his DJ sobriquet is Curveball. And he does a lot of these types of interviews on his podcast, and it was good practice for me. I have been interviewing people myself for my other podcast for over a decade. At this point, I've done more than 475 interviews, so I'm used to the interview format. Although I'm not as often on the other side of the microphone, so to speak. I'm usually the one doing the interviewing. So the challenge when you're interviewing is to make the interview interesting and entertaining for the audience. And there's a couple ways you can do this. You can have a great topic that everybody wants to hear or or an entertaining person, an interesting person that everybody wants to hear, or an entertaining dynamic between the interviewee and, and the interviewer and the guest. So I'm used to more of a back and forth than Curtis's style, more of a conversation. His style is, with me anyhow, was to ask the question and sit back for the interviewee, me, to expound on the answer. And you can hear me in this interview, if you listen, you can hear me trying to engage him in conversation by asking questions, which he doesn't really engage. He just gives me these one or two word answers to. So I'm sort of out there on my own having to uh, having to make up the the interview myself. And the other thing you can hear is me in the beginning trying to set an energetic tone, right? 
but by the end, I've adjusted myself down to match his sort of lower energy tone. And honestly, I think this topic might have been outside his zone of interest. But that being said, I am grateful, as always, for the opportunity from Curtis to wax poetically about the apocalypse, and hopefully we'll find a few more survivors to join our little enclave as a result. Anyhow, hope you pick up a few tidbits from the interview, and I will post a link up on the Facebook group. You can comment there. All the links will be here in the show notes as well. Have a great summer. We'll be talking to you. Keep surviving. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. achieve, achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. And today I am joined by entrepreneur, endurance athlete, and podcaster, Christopher Mad Dog Russell. Christopher has been doing podcasting since podcasting was a thing. He is the creator behind our apocalyptic series. After the apocalypse. So we're going to be talking to him about that and talking to him about being an athlete. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing, Curtis? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, Mad Dog. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so like you said, I am one of those people who can't figure out what he wants to do. So I've been an entrepreneur, you know, started and sold companies and worked for the the venture capitalists and uh, surprisingly enough, the supply chain world. Nobody even knew what that was a couple of years ago. Now nobody can stop talking about it. And uh, yeah, I'm an endurance athlete, mostly marathons, ultra marathons, you know, lots of stuff like that. And my latest passion, my latest gig is this science fiction serial I put together called After the Apocalypse, which I write and produce. And we're up to about 17,000 downloads a month. And I found a nice little niche and it's growing like crazy. So I figured I better get out and talk to people about it. Absolutely. Congratulations on that. But before we get started on that, tell us about being an endurance athlete. Yeah. So like, you know, like a lot of guys, I woke up in my thirties and decided I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. So 
I started running and then I got hooked and I ended up qualifying for and running the bus marathon 20, 21 years. Just this last year is I, I didn't do it because I got a, I got an injury in my knee, but along the way I dabbled in, you know, triathlons and mountain bike racing and, and all sorts of stuff like that. I suppose the biggest event I, I did was I ran a hundred mile ultra marathon, which usually blows people's minds, but you know, you can do anything if you set your mind to it, Curtis, and yeah, and you do the training, right? That is absolutely right. So I, I invented a project this year. I'm going to ride across Massachusetts from the corner where Vermont, New York, and Massachusetts meet all the way to Race Point Lighthouse at Robinstown, Cape Cod. I'm going to do that over a weekend this summer. How long do you think it's going to take you to do it? A couple of days. It's only wow. 250 miles, something like that. Sweet. So now let's get into talking about your your podcast. Tell us how you got started, how you came up with the idea, and how long you've been doing it, and what it's about. Yeah, so it's a post-apocalyptic audio drama, I guess you would say. So I, I write the whole thing, and I have a gentleman who reads it for me into audio, and we try to have good you know, production quality and music and, and good writing. And the episodes are somewhere around 20 minutes long, and I drop one every other week. But it's a story of it. <laughs> the 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 idea came to me like so many other people these days. In the beginning of 2020, our world's changed, right? And I was I was down in Atlanta at a meeting, and I was up in the morning running down by the Chattahoochee on sort of a misty morning. And that week was when the pandemic hit really hard and it was all, you know, everybody was freaking out. And I just thought I was down by the Chattahoochee going for my run. And I said, you know what, this would be a great place for an apocalypse story. And it started spinning itself in my brain. And I started writing episodes about this universe of the apocalypse that I made up. And then uh, towards the end of that year, I it started, I said, okay, let's do, let's do a whole thing. And I strung together a season, 20 episodes in a season, and then right at the end of season two now. So that'll be 40 episodes this weekend. Well, tell us how science fiction allows you to play around with taboo topics and alt alternative themes. Yeah. So this, you know, you've seen this throughout classic science fiction, right? Are you what are you a science fiction guy? I mean, do you watch the Star Trek or the Star Wars or anything, Curtis? Absolutely. Yeah. So you know that that's a place where it's a space where the directors or the writers or the producers can get away with stuff metaphorically that they couldn't get away with in other places. You know, you look back at the original Star Trek series, right, where they had different races working together in the 60s, right? And they, they would have sort of morality tales couched in outer space. So it's kind of a an open spot for you to play around with things. And I like that because, you know, instead of you just, you know, people shooting guns and running after each other, you can work a lot of thoughtful themes into science fiction. It's almost like a cartoon. Like you can make cartoons do anything you want, in a, in a science fiction universe, you can make people do whatever you want, right? And so if you look at the apocalypse specifically, 
I'm dropping characters, you know, look around you next time you're sitting at, waiting for a bus or sitting in a restaurant, look at somebody and say, what would happen if I took that person and dropped them into the apocalypse, right? What's their backstory? How would they react? What would they do? And it's really interesting to sort of paint potential character arcs around that, you know, bringing out the best and the worst in people, as we saw in the pandemic, right? We sure did. And apocalyptic stories have become really popular in the last decade. Tell us why you think that is. So it's it's very interesting. I think a lot of it has to do with the world has become a bit apocalyptic, right? I mean, just with the pandemic, with all the stuff that's going on in the world, even though we're coming out of the end of the most peaceful period in human history, it just doesn't feel that way, right? Just kind of feels like it's crisis after crisis after crisis. And so I think this, this escapism of the apocalypse and the zombies, that escapism in, in, in one sense sort of matches what people are feeling, but also gives them a vehicle to sort of uh, relieve that tension, right? To let that play itself out in a safe spot. Well, tell us how you got to so many downloads per month and, and what's your listener demographic and, you know, kind of your experience and, and doing your show. Yeah. So like I said, I've been podcasting for a long time, since like 2007. I had a running podcast, which I got at currently at 479 or something episodes, right? So what I learned early on is there's a lot of things that people expect. They expect a certain amount of quality. I mean, you don't have to go overboard because people understand it's a you know, it's a semi-amateur sort of form, but they expect a little bit of quality and they expect some structure, right? They they need it to be be repeatable. So if you give them the same sort of formula every week, like you're doing, you get you ask the same questions and you have the same formula, they know what to expect, and then it's easier for them to come back, right? That makes it sticky. For my show in particular <laughs> sorry, in particular, I was really surprised how people found it and sort of fell in love with it, this, this science fiction serial. So the, you know, I had, I had some people who would, you know, said to me, Oh, this isn't the kind of thing I like. And then they listen to it and go, wow, you know, I'm, I'm into it now. And so, so it got, so it got sticky and, and it's really hard starting from zero because I haven't done any advertising or anything like that. It's just word of mouth. So I try to ask the people who are, the the fans or the aficionados or you know the friends of the show you ask them to do it themselves and to tell other people and uh and it goes in waves but it's been a steady climb over the last 18 months from zero up to like i said 17,000 i just got another big burst of a couple thousand a month so yeah i'm pretty pleased with it wow do you so an interesting interesting audience for this right you get your sort of hardcore science fiction type people, right? The people who like Star Wars, Star Trek. But you also, it's <laughs> also, I'm meeting some super interesting people. I'm meeting some people who are like classic preppers, right? Or classic sort of gun enthusiast type people who are not people I would normally hang around with, but it's in- interesting to learn about that culture and, and learn, you know, what, what, what they're thinking, right? So, so it's interesting. I tell you that, Interesting story is I, I met this guy through the podcast who is uh, what he does is they have an apocalyptic, uh, I guess you would call it sort of like a burning man out in the desert in Las Vegas. And so on a weekend every year, they go out and they set up this little Mad Max 
community with like 3,000 people. They have this festival around the apocalypse, which I never would have imagined existed till I, till I met this guy. And he's a sweetheart. He's a TV producer and, uh, or, or director. And, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it's fun. The people you meet by doing this. And you must realize that as well, Curtis, having interviewed so many people. I mean, yeah. I think that's the best part, right? Is you get to meet new people. Absolutely. And, and speaking of that, do you base your characters off of real people that maybe you meet or people that you know? So I think it's an amalgam, right? You can never stop from putting a little bit of your thoughts in somebody's head, right? So one of my main characters is, is an old man, right? And, and I find a lot of my thoughts or, or a certain type of my thoughts get into his head. And of course, he's an ultra athlete, ultra runner. So, you know, that's, uh, that's obviously coming from my experience, if, if nothing else. And then the other character that I have as a main character is this, is a woman. And I really didn't know what to expect because I was like, you know, who am I to be writing a woman character? And I got really positive feedback from my woman friends about this character because I, I didn't want her to be that, you know, that sort of 18, 1980s character woman where they're, you know, always need to be rescued and everything. Right. I wanted her to be very strong and, and, and they, and people really, the women really resonate with that for some reason. So yeah, it's good. And then, of course, there's a dog, because you got to have a dog. The only rule is you can't kill the dog, Curtis. And why is that? you got to have a dog. It's the apocalypse. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> tell us tell us uh, how you decided where you were going to base the story at the location. Part of that was I had just spent a lot of time in this area. I actually have a friend who lives there. So it's it's in and around sort of Tennessee, sort of the Chattanooga, Tennessee area. Right. That that general area, no place specific than that general area, because uh, I sort of knew the geography with the river and a lot of the um, the trails. And I spent a lot of time in the distribution center area with my job. So it just it started out. And like I said, in Georgia, because that's where I was. I first came up with the idea. So I had to move west into the Chattanooga area. And so just, you know, could I've been everywhere in the United States. So, so, but this was an area that just happened to be recent and fresh in my mind. So it seemed like a good place to, to base it. So talk to the potential or, or the podcaster listeners out there about the importance of consistency when podcasting. Yeah. So this was the other thing. A couple of points on that. One is that a lot of people will sit down and they'll try to write a book, Right. And they'll go, they'll get, you know, a couple chapters into it and give up. You know, same thing when I used to train for marathons or run marathons, right? You don't have to think about the end, like the end of the 26 miles. You think about getting to the next telephone pole. So if you are able to pile up a number of 20-minute writing sessions, you'll have a book at the end of the year. And that's the consistency that you need to do anything in life, right? Not just podcasting. But in terms of podcasting for the listeners, you want to have a consistent cadence. People need to be able to expect this is going to come out once a week at least or once every two weeks or two times a week, right? So if you give them that cadence and you stick to that consistently, you'll build audience. And if you want to write that book, well, if you write 20 minutes three times a week, you'll get there in six months, right? It's just a question of stacking one thing on top of another. And not looking too far ahead. And that's what I've done, right? So at the end of the day, I've got, I'm just finishing up 40 episodes. Those uh, 40 episodes are going to come out to be about, um, I don't know, 100 and, 100 and something thousand words. 
that's, you know, a book and a half, two books. That's great. You got any upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about? Yeah. So I, so what I do is I take the summer off. So my 20 episodes are, are going to end up, like I said, this, this weekend or the following weekend, I'm going to end season two. So to prepare for season three, I'll take a couple of months off. And what I'll do is I'll do interviews with people, but I'll also, I'm also writing some other stories that I'm going to read, uh, have, have read into audio. So just some, some fun stuff for people and some, a way for me to, to take a break and, to and, uh, play around in some other areas. Right. And then we'll start in on season three. I'm planning five seasons. And if I find a way to do it faster, I will. But right now I got a good cadence of once every other week. And the good news is that it's evergreen, right? So the people who find my shows from two years ago, they can start in on the story. And that's what they do. They binge listen all the way through. And by the time they get to the, to the end, they, they come over and they join my Facebook group and, uh, and talk about it. Well, speaking of that, go ahead and throw out your contact information. Tell us where to find the show and give out your social media and all that good stuff. And if you got a website. Yeah, so this one I'm keeping simple. I'm hosting it on Acast. So if you go to the Acast website and search for After the Apocalypse, you'll you'll find my show. And the same thing on any pod. You know, people have different podcast players. You just search for After the Apocalypse, and you'll find it. It's got a picture. It's got the a black and white silhouette of an old man. Is the is the picture with the words After the Apocalypse on the podcast? You'll find it there. And on Facebook, we have a group which has, I think I got 170 people now. Uh, and it's called, it's actually called Facebook's forward slash old man apocalypse. But again, if you search for after the apocalypse, you'll find it on Facebook and on social media. I am CYKT Russell. And I'll say that again to you and spell it out for you because it's kind of hard. It's Chris Yellow King Tom. Russell with two S's, two L's, and that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, yada, yada, yada. All right. We'll close us out with some final thoughts. Well, <laughs> final thoughts. I think the, uh, the apocalypse isn't here yet, but it's, it should be a lesson to everybody that you can start a new project like this and just discover a whole bunch of new people and new topics and new things that you never knew existed, right? You can do that at any age. So there you know, don't be afraid you're going to fail. Just start, right? Just start and do it. And then you'll, you'll get something out of it, right? Great way to close it out and just start checking out the After the Apocalypse podcast. Please be sure to check Chris out and check out everything that he's doing. Also follow, rate, review, share this episode after listening and Android listeners. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Mad Dog, thank you so much for joining me tonight. My pleasure, sir. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.